message that I would like to share with you guys is freedom in Christ. Amen. Today is a day of celebrating our freedom. Today is the Independence Day. Hallelujah. So I want to wish every one of us here on the conference and those on the podcast a very happy uh, 4th of July. It's a day of freedom, celebrating our independence. God has set this nation free from the slavery to the Britain. And God has not only set this nation free, but also God has blessed this nation. Amen. So that's how good God is. He has not only saved us, He has not only freed our nation, but also He has freed every Christian, every child of God. We have been set free from the slavery to sin by the blood of Jesus. Amen. It says in Galatians 5.13, if you all turn your Bible to Galatians 5.13, it says, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. Amen. So God has calling us to live in freedom because he has set us free from slavery. Slavery to the uh, sins of this world. Slavery to the persecutions that we as children of God go through from this world. The world comes against us. The world becomes our enemy once we accept Christ in our life. Amen. Because this, this world is in a fallen state. That's the reason it comes against the children of God. And God has set us free. And God is calling us to live in freedom. Amen. It says, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. Amen. So why has God given us freedom? God has given this land freedom. So that this land, America, will worship the Lord. Amen. In the same way, God has given freedom to his children from the slavery to sin, slavery to addiction, slavery to death, slavery to sickness. God has set us free, has given us complete freedom from all these things through the blood of Christ. Amen. So we are called to celebrate that freedom. We are called to celebrate and enjoy that freedom in Christ and not to go back into the same slavery that God has brought us out. And He's calling us to live in freedom. Galatians 5.13 is calling us to live in freedom and use this freedom to serve one another in love. Amen. God has given us this freedom and the reason He has given us freedom from slavery to sin is to serve God. And to serve one another. Amen. And the same is with our nation. God has given freedom to America. To serve God. And to serve one another. To serve our brothers and sisters. To serve our neighbors. To serve our community. Amen. And that is what I like about America. Is that people are so willing to serve one another. If you go to the malls. They love to serve the strangers, and that is what I love about America, that they have that attitude to serve. And, you know, even if they are not Christians, but they still have the attitude to serve and love people around them. Amen. So that is the kind of quality that God is looking at us, looking in us. That is to serve one another because He has set us free. And the reason He has set us free 
is to worship God in the newness of life. To worship God and to serve Him. Not 50% but 100%. Amen. It says that in Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 15. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. It says this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Amen. And that is called freedom. Amen. There's a newness of life when you are in Christ. Your old life is gone. That's what he's saying. 2 Corinthians 5.17 The old is gone. The slavery of sin is gone. God has removed us and set us free. And he, and he has given us complete freedom to the slavery to sin, slavery to addictions, slavery to sickness, slavery to death. He has already set us free and he has brought us complete freedom. And now he's calling us to live in newness of life. Amen. That's, that's what he's saying. Anyone who, those who are in Christ are a new creation. The old life has gone and the new life has begun. Amen. America has been set free from the slavery to Britain. And now America is living in the newness of life. Amen. In the same way, God has set us free and given us freedom. And we are called to live in the newness of life by serving Him wholeheartedly, by serving one another. Amen. God set the Israelites free from slavery in Egypt. They lived in slavery. They lived in severe persecution in Egypt for 400 years. And they were crying out to God. They were crying out to God. And finally God delivered them. God brought freedom from the slavery to Egypt. And God brought the nation of Israel and was taking them to the promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. But what did they do? Unfortunately, the nation of Israel did not live in the freedom God had given them. God was taking care of them. He was their shade in the, in the sun. He was the cloud of light in the darkness to give them light. Amen. He, was, he provided them food from heaven. He provided them water from the rock. That's how good our God is. And he was calling them to live in the newness of life. Because God had given them the newness of life. But unfortunately, many of them perished. Because they were not willing to follow in the newness of life. Amen. They were rebelling against God. And they were you know, thinking about their life in Egypt. And they were telling Moses, Moses, why did you bring us here? We were so happy in Egypt. There were things were going, going so good for us in Egypt. We want to go back to Egypt. And that is how many Christians are. God has set us free from, from sickness, sin and so many addictions. And sometimes we want to we still turn back. And we try to go back to Egypt. That God has brought us, us out from. That's what happened with Lot. Lot's wife. I mean, <coughs> God set Lot and his, his whole family out of Sodom and Gomorrah because we're all living in sin. God protected the family of Lot. But if you see, Lot was willing to move forward in the newness of life. Whereas his wife, 
she turned back and was looking back and what happened she turned into a pillar of salt amen so god is calling us church don't be looking back don't be going back to your past amen it also applies to me because sometimes i miss pastor jose and god is telling me that don't be missing your pastor i am your pastor move forward in the newness of life amen some of us we have our past baggage that we carry in our present and god is telling us to set yourself free from the past baggages that you're carrying and continue in the newness of life because i have set you free and i have given you this freedom enjoy this freedom in the newness of christ amen so the reason why the israelites didn't make it to the promised land was their continuous rebellion and their desire to go back and the same with many christians says in acts chapter 7 i'm sorry in hebrews um chapter 3 and verses 7 to 12 it says that is why the holy spirit says today when you hear his voice don't harden your hearts as israel did when they rebelled when they tested me in the wilderness there your ancestors tested and tried my patience even though they saw my miracles for 40 years so i was angry with them and i said their hearts always turn away from me they refuse to do what i tell them amen so in my anger i took an oath they will never enter my place of rest amen so that's what happened they never entered the place of rest that god had for them it was not only the land but also god was giving them rest from their slavery god was giving them rest from all the pains and suffering the egyptians were giving them so god was having a beautiful plan for their life a land filled with peace and rest rest from all the enemies but unfortunately many of them didn't make it to the promised land because they made god angry by their constant rebellion and their hardened heart and god said in my anger i took an oath they will never make it to the land of rest unfortunately millions of israelites left egypt and only two people made it to the promised land joshua and caleb and if you see the characters they were obedient to god they were humble before god they were always glorifying god amen and they were willing to move forward whereas the rest of the camp they were wanting to go back to egypt and that is the problem god is calling us i've given you freedom my sister my bro- my son my my daughter i have given you freedom to come out of your sin i have called you out from your past addictions and past brokenness broken relationships i have called you out from that now move forward in the newness of life amen but unfortunately many of us we are still stuck and that's the reason we still suffer and we go through struggles just like the israelites did if you see in acts chapter 7 verse 51 it says you stubborn people you are heathen at heart deaf to the truth must you forever resist the holy spirit that's what your ancestors did and so do you amen so this is what peter is telling the church because some of them were filled with the holy spirit but the rest of the people were not filled with the holy spirit and they were coming against the apostles 
And that is when Peter stood up and said, Why are you resisting the Holy Spirit? Jesus said, I'm going, but I'm leaving you with a comforter. And that is the Holy Spirit. But you have to wait for it. So all these people, they came together and they waited for the Holy Spirit. And because they waited on the Lord, God filled them all with the Holy Spirit. But the rest of the people were not happy. And they were resisting. And they were coming against Peter. And that is when Peter said, Why do you resist the Holy Spirit? And that is what your ancestors did. And that is what we as Christians are still resisting the Holy Spirit. That is the reason there is no joy of the Lord. Because Jesus clearly said, My Spirit, I will leave. He is a comforter. He will comfort us. Amen. He will give us peace in times of tribulations. He will strengthen us in times of tribulations. And that is what he told Paul, the apostle, when he was going through the prison time. Because of his go preaching the gospel, he was thrown into the prison so many times. And every time he would say that he would hear Jesus telling him. You find that in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. My grace is all you need, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Amen. What a beautiful promise that Christ has given us. That his power is made perfect in our weakness. When we are most weak, that is when God is the strongest in our life. Amen. So we have to walk in the newness of life because God is calling us. He has given us all the tools and the weapons to move forward in our freedom that He has given us. Amen. But unfortunately, we still hold on to our past and that is why we still struggle to live a holy life, to live a life filled with Holy Spirit. Amen. We have to live a holy life. God is calling us to serve Him in the newness of life by leading a holy life, by leading a life filled with with His Spirit, because that will comfort us. That will fill us with joy even in times of persecution and disappointments. But unfortunately, many of us, we have not been filled with the Holy Spirit. is because of our resistance. I remember Pastor Nunes, before he passed away, <coughs> he told me this one thing, that God showed him why the church is struggling. Is because they are not filled with the Holy Spirit. They are resisting the Holy Spirit. Many of us, we try to resist the Holy Spirit. Many children of God, we resist the Holy Spirit. How do we resist the Holy Spirit? Okay, for that, let's go to Mark chapter 7. And verses from 18 to 23. This is what Jesus is telling the disciples. Is saying, don't you understand either? He asked, can't you see that the food you put into your body cannot defile you? Food doesn't go into your heart, but only passes through the stomach and then goes into the sewer. And then he added, it, it is what comes from inside that defiles you. Amen. For from within, out of a person's heart, comes evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. And verse 23, it says, All these 
Wild things come from within. They are what defile you. Amen. So this is what Jesus is telling his disciples when they were questioning about the kind of food because the, 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 the laws is telling them to eat certain foods and not to eat certain foods. So they were questioning Jesus. So what kind of food can defile us? And Jesus said, it's not the food that is going to defile you. Because food goes inside your stomach and passes out the other, other way. But what defiles you is what comes from within you. From within your heart comes evil thoughts, deceit, slander, pride, envy. These are the things that defile us, church. And that is what is defiling many Christians. And we are so ignorant that we are being defiled. We think that we are leading a holy life. But the pride, the envy, the strife, the jealousy, the hate, and the adultery, the sexual thoughts, the thoughts of theft, the evil thoughts, these all defile us. Amen. That's the reason we are not filled with the Holy Spirit. That is the reason we are resisting the Holy Spirit because we still want to live in this, in this, in this area where God is calling us to be free from. God has already set us free from all this and is calling us to live in the newness of life. He's telling us 2 Corinthians 5.17, those who belong to Christ have become a new creation. A new creation is one who is out of all of this. A new creation in Christ is one who has the heart of Christ, the attitude of Christ, the love of Christ, the sacrifice of Christ, the sufferings of Christ. That is called a newness of life. Your old life is a life filled with pride, arrogance, envy, and your new life is a life in Christ. So God has set us free from all of this. And now he's calling us to walk in the newness of life. Amen. I remember one of my sisters from India, she called and spoke to my pastor Nunez for the very first time. And after talking to him for a while, Pastor Jose gave the phone to me and I spoke to her and she was weeping. I said, sister, what happened? Did pastor tell you something? Did he hurt you? Why are you crying? She's saying, Sheba, I'm not crying. Cr These are the tears of joy because your pastor has a heart of Jesus. He has a heart of Jesus. Amen. That is the kind of heart we are all called to have. When you have a heart of Jesus, people can see that. It will touch, it will reflect in your life. People around you can feel it. And that is the reason that anointing went from Pastor Nunez to the sister and she was weeping because she was touched by the Holy Spirit. Amen. People will feel the Holy Spirit. People will feel the anointing when your heart is filled with Holy Spirit. When your heart is filled with Christ. Amen. That is what God is calling us. To be in the newness of life. I can go on with all the examples. Like I spoke uh, this week. I was praying for Sister Sukim. And she was just weeping. And she was shaking. Why? Because the Holy Spirit was flowing in her. And God was using me as a vessel. Just like he used Pastor Eunice as a vessel to allow the anointing flow to the sister on the phone all the way in India. Miles and thousands of miles away. Amen. 
So that is what God is calling us to live in the newness of life because God wants to use us to touch our family, to touch our neighbors, to touch our community. We are called to be the light of the world. Amen. But we cannot be the light of the world if we are still living in our past that God has set us free from. Amen. So Christ is telling us, these are the things, my child, that defiles us. So be careful that we don't go back into the past of things that defile us. Amen. It says in Galatians chapter 5 and verses from 19 to 21. Okay, it says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, decisions, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Amen. So this is what Paul is telling the Galatian church, that if you're living in these, uh, in, 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 in your flesh, will fulfill the desires of your sinful nature. So he's calling us to live in the newness of life, filled with the Holy Spirit. He says in the same chapter, verse 22, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Amen. So Christ is calling us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, these are the fruits that you start producing in your life. And people can see that. That you're always filled with joy. That you're always filled in peace. Amen. That you always uh, are filled with goodness. You're filled with kindness. Amen. You're filled with love. You're filled with gentleness. Amen. So these are the fruits of the Holy Spirit. A person can see that there is a change. I mean, my past was bad. I'm sure my mom would agree with that. I was a rebellious person. I was a prideful person. But now God has changed me. And now people see a different side of Sheba. Is why? Because there's a transformation that has taken place. God has set me free from my past sins, my addictions, my sins, whatever God knows. God has set me free. And today I'm living in the newness of Christ. And because I'm living in the newness of Christ, God is using me <coughs> to touch souls. Amen. There's so many people who are listening on the podcast and they're liking our messages. As something is happening in their life, a seed has been sown in their heart through our messages. And that seed will produce fruit in the days to come with the help of the Holy Spirit. But my work that God is using me is being fulfilled. And it's the same for all of us. God has not only called me to preach his gospel. Jesus commanded, go ye into the world and preach the gospel. It's for every one of us. It's not just for little bit pastors here and there. It's for all of us to go out, to preach to our family, to preach to our children, to preach to our grandchildren, to preach to our community. Amen. And that is what we're called to do. That is our commandment. And we, we are to honor God. For the freedom that he has given us. Not only to the nation. 
but also to our life. So we have to go and preach the gospel. And that is possible when we live in the freedom that God has given us. Amen. So he's calling us not to gratify the desires of the flesh. Same chapter, verse 24. It says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have named the passions and the desires of the sinful nature to his cross and crucified them. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. Amen. Galatians 5, 24, 26. Paul is calling the church to live in the newness of life because God has set us free, has brought freedom. And now he's calling us to live in the Holy Spirit. Amen. He's calling us to live in the Spirit and follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Amen. So God has given us freedom, church, and we are called to live in this freedom by serving God wholeheartedly. He's calling us to walk in the Spirit and in the newness of life. And because many Christians are not walking in the newness of life, though God has set us free, He has brought freedom in our life, but many Christians, they prefer to still live in Egypt. They enjoy the pleasures of Egypt. They enjoy the slavery of Egypt. Just like Lord's wife, she turned back because there's a lot of pleasure in Sodom and Gomorrah. It was the most luxurious city in the whole world at that time. Most richest city in the world like New York. It was so full of sin that God had to send brimstones to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And because of Lord's faithfulness, and he was crying to God, Lord, I cannot stand the sin in this land. I'm just, I'm just fed up of looking at people living in sin. My neighbors are living in sin. Most of them are homosexuals. And he was grieving every day. And he was crying to God. And God saw that Lot was the only man he was grieving in the, in the, in the city. And because of that, God sent his angels. And God, Lot and his family out of that land. But unfortunately, Lot's wife, she still wanted to live in the pleasures. And she turned back and what happened, she became a pillar of salt. And till date we have, we can see that pillar of salt. If you happen to go to Israel, you can see that salt is still there. Why has God left that salt still intact is because God is, is convicting us. He's telling us, don't be turning back like Lord's wife to the pleasures of this world. Because I've already set you free. Amen. And we are called to live in the newness of life. Amen. And because many Christians still want to live in Egypt, they're still suffering. The same sufferings are still there in many Christians' life. Many of them are still suffering with the same addictions, with the same sicknesses, with a lot of uh, chaos in their marriage. Because they are not allowing, they're resisting the Holy Spirit. And that is the problem. God has given us freedom, church. He paid a very heavy price on the cross. He had to shed his blood on the cross to bring freedom. And we still prefer to live in this sin. And that's the reason many of us, we are suffering. And that is why God is disciplining us. We have to understand that God is a good father. When his children are doing wrong, he allows us to go through 
some suffering because he's disciplining us through the sufferings. I mean, sometimes we say, oh, God is so bad to me. I've been doing this, you know, I'm going to church, I'm doing this. Why am I suffering, Lord? Why? And the Lord is telling us that he sometimes disciplines us through the sufferings. If you don't agree, I can show it to you in Hebrews chapter 12 and verses from 5 to 11. It says, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 5 to 11. And have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? He said, My child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those who he loves and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. So it's the Lord who disciplines us through sufferings and he allows it to happen for a reason. Amen. And it says in verse 7, As you endure his divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. Whoever heard of a child who is never disciplined by its father? If God doesn't discipline you as he does, it means that you are illegitimate and you are not really his children at all. Since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, Shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the father of our spirit? For our earthly father disciplined us for a few years, doing the best they know how. But the Lord's discipline is always good for us, so that we might share in his holiness. Amen. So why is God disciplining us? Because he wants, to, he wants us to lead a holy life, a life pleasing in his sight, a life pleasing to him. Amen. And that is the reason sometimes God disciplines us. Amen. And it says in verse 11, same chapter, No discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. It's painful. But afterwards, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. Amen. Right living. You can underline that. Right living. That is the reason God disciplines us. Amen. I remember one of the sisters, she called me and she was telling me about the situation with her son. And her son was telling her, mom, why is this happening? And she took him to the scripture. God disciplines us because he's our loving father. Just like our earthly father disciplines us, our heavenly father has all the rights to discipline us as well. And the reason why he disciplines is to, for us to lead a holy life. To live a life that is pleasing in his sight. Amen. We are called to live in the newness of life. Amen. So it's telling us that these disciplines will help us and will set us free from sin. It says in the same chapter verse 1. Therefore since we are surrounded by such a huge, huge crowd of witnesses <coughs> to the life of faith. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Amen. It's telling us, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. So these are the weight that slows us down, church. The weight of sin. The weight of our past mistakes that we still continue to do in our present, even though God, when God has set us free. And those are the sins that strip, 
that slow us down, that, sto that slow us down in walking in the fullness of Christ, in walking in the faith in Christ. It trips us down. That is the reason he's telling us to strip us, strip off every sin that slows us down and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. Amen. Unfortunately, many of us, we don't want to strip off our sin. I remember so many people in the church were coming against my pastor because he would be on the face like John the Baptist. He would tell them, you have to repent, my brother. This is wrong. As I just shared the praise report of this brother, God spoke to him and told him, brother, you have to do things right. You're living in sin, my brother, and God will not bless that. You have to do things right. And today, finally, God spoke to him and he sent me this letter that God spoke to him not to go back to his past, but I've already set you free. Amen. And many Christians, they have left our church. Why? Because, you know, my pastor is telling the truth. And that's what happened with Jesus. The first thing Jesus preached was repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. And because Jesus preached repent, people threw him on the cross. John the Baptist, the first thing he preached was repent and he was killed. The first thing Jeremiah preached, repent. Isaiah, repent. The great prophets in the Bible is full of repentance because without repentance, there's never going to be a revival. Without repentance, there's never going to be a healing. Without repentance, there's never going to be a deliverance, church. So it's very important because only in repentance, we are set free. We're going to experience the complete freedom that God has given us is only through repentance. Amen. Unfortunately, many Christians, they want to follow different gospels that talk about grace, that talk about the blessings of this world. And they forget that God has called us to carry the cross. Jesus said, carry my cross. And then I can say that you are my true disciple. Jesus didn't say, enjoy this world. Enjoy the pleasures of this world. Like many preachers, they preach the grace gospel. Jesus clearly said, if you are truly my disciple, then carry my cross. And follow me. Not just one day, but every day we are called as Christians to carry the cross of Christ. What do you mean by carrying the cross of Christ? Carrying is crucifying your flesh. Amen. Crucifying your flesh and walking in the newness of Christ. Jesus had to carry that cross. He had to crucify his flesh. In fact, he was not willing to go on the cross. He cried. It says he cried drops of blood before the night he was to be crucified. And he said, Lord, I don't want to die. I don't want to go on the cross. But in the end, he said, Lord, let not my will, let your will be done. And he carried the cross and he crucified his flesh on the cross. And because he crucified his flesh, he is seated at the right hand of God. Amen. What a blessing to be sitting beside God and judging the world. And he's going to come back again and he's going to rule us for eternity to eternity. Amen. That is the reason we are called to live in freedom by crucifying our flesh. It says in 1st <coughs> Timothy chapter 4 and verses 1 to 1 to 3 it says now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly 
that in the last days some will turn away from the true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. Amen. It's not Sister Shiva saying that. It's the word of God clearly saying in 1 Timothy chapter 4 one, verse 1. He's telling, Timothy is telling the church that in the last days, that is talking about us. In the last days, some will turn away from the true faith and they will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. Amen. So all these teachings about grace gospel, that if you give this much money, God is going to bless you with a bungalow or God is going to bless you with a limousine. These are all grace gospels. And Christ is telling us to carry the cross, crucify your flesh, walk in the newness of Christ, walk in the Holy Spirit. But they're not preaching that. They're preaching about giving money so that they can God can bless them with a limousine. And he's telling those teachings are from the demons. Clearly he's telling us that those teachings are from the demons. And many will run for such kind of preachers. Amen. We find that again in the same book, 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verses, I'm sorry, 2 Timothy chapter, 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 3. It says, For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. Amen. So it's telling that in the last days they will run to teachers who will teach them whatever makes them happy, whatever makes them comfortable, whatever makes them to enjoy the pleasures of this world, enjoy the sins of this world. It's okay. We can, you know, live like that. Amen. So he's telling us that they will look for such teachers that will tell them it's okay to live in the world. It's okay to live in the sin. Amen. I remember a pastor, Nunes, he has a pastor friend and this sister has been going to his church and she's living with a young guy and he's not even, they're not married. And this, they're working in the church, they're in the uh, praise and worship. And that bothered the pastor and he said to his friend, you are a pastor to your church and that sister in the church is living in sin. And how is that you're not confronting her? You're going to be answerable to God for that if you're not telling them to repent. I mean, we as pastors, we have to give an account to God. If I'm preaching something which allows you all to live in sin and tomorrow God will question me, Sister Sheba, I placed you in that position. What have you done? Have you preached them the truth? Have you preached them to live in holiness? Have they preached them the, the effects of sin? Have you preached them the truth? Is what is going to, God is going to question me on the day of judgment. And I have to give an answer to God. And that is what many, many people, they prefer to go to such churches where the pastor is telling it's okay to live in sin. Just keep coming to the church. Just keep giving your offerings. I don't care about your soul. What happens to your soul is you and between you and God. I need members. I need my church flooded. I need money. And I'm going to build my houses. And they're not caring about the soul. And God is very, very concerned because he paid a heavy price for that soul. Amen. So we have to be careful. It says, for a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound 
and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. So we have to be careful. If the word or the pastor is preaching or the preacher is preaching is in line with what Jesus is saying. Is it in line with what the Bible is saying? It has to be in line church. That's the reason it's so important that we read the word. I remember my pastor Eunice, he would have a, uh, you know, he would confront me. I would tell him, pastor, this pastor told me this. He would say, Sheba, if it is there in the Bible, I will believe you. If it is not there in the Bible, I'm sorry. How much ever you try to convince me, I'm not going to be convinced. And I tried my best to convince him that this pastor is preaching the truth. But if I, I went to the Bible, I was shocked to the core because he was totally preaching something which is not there in the Bible. And I apologized to my pastor. He said, Pastor Jose, you're right. Amen. So we have to read the word, church. God has given us this weapon to read the word, analyze ourselves because our souls are at stake. Our children's life are at stake. Our family life, our finances are at stake. Amen. So God is calling us that he has given us the freedom and we are called to live in the newness of life. We are called to be used. God wants to use us, but if we are not living in the newness of life, God cannot use us. It says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses from 20 to 21, it says, In a wealthy home, some utensils are made of gold and silver, <coughs> some are made of wood and clay. The expensive utensils are used for special occasions and the cheap ones are for everyday use. Verse 22, if you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean and you will be ready for the master to use you for every good work. Amen. So what is God calling us? He's calling us his special utensil. The cheap utensils are used every day. But special utensils are used for special occasions. Amen. In the same way is our life. When we keep our life clean, when we keep our life holy, holiness in our mind, in our thoughts, in our words, in our actions, in our behavior. If we keep ourselves in the holiness, in the newness of Christ and walking in the Holy Spirit all the time, God is going to use us as a special utensil for his kingdom. That's what he says, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20. You are a special utensil, are used for special occasions, and if you keep yourself pure, you will be that special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean, and you will be ready for the master to use you for his every good work. Amen. So God wants to use us for his every good work, but how many of us are ready for God to use us? is the question. God wants to use us to touch our neighbors. God wants to use us to touch our relatives. God wants to use us to touch our family. Amen. And are we ready? Are we prepared? And say, yes, Lord, I want to live in this freedom that you have given us, not only to my country, but also to me. You have given us freedom. I want to walk in the newness of life. I want to walk in the freedom that you are calling me to walk in. And when you do that, God is calling us. He's going to use us 
like that special utensil ready for the master to use. Amen. So he's calling us to live in the freedom church. We are called to live in the freedom. It's a freedom not only for this land that God has given us, but it's also a freedom that God has given to our soul, to our spirit, to our flesh, to walk in the freedom, in the newness of Christ. Amen. So God is calling us to live in that freedom and enjoy that freedom because that freedom will give you peace, that freedom will give you joy, that freedom will give you good health, that freedom <clears throat> will bless our life, will bless our finances, will bless our children, will bless, bless our generations and generations which are ahead of us to come. God is going to bless us, to bless them. Look at Abraham. God blessed not only Abraham, but his generations and generations till date are blessed. And God chose his son, Jesus Christ, to be born through Abraham's generation. What a blessing to walk in the newness of life. What a blessing to walk in the freedom that God has given us. Amen. So God is calling us to walk in this freedom, church. God has given us freedom to our nation. We have to glorify God by serving our community. We are called to serve our neighbors and share the word of God. Be the light uh, to the world. Let, let people see Christ and get attracted to you and come to the knowledge of Christ because God has set us free and we are called to live in the newness of Christ. Amen. So that's the message.